Greetings and welcome to the Take One Security Podcast. My name is Daniel Meisler and this podcast is me reading and commenting on InfoSec headlines, all in one take. There will be no preparation, no editing, and very little post-production. Goals is to simply give people a way to audibly consume security news with a bit of analysis in less than 15 minutes. Today is March 15th, 2015, and let's get started. There was another SQL injection bug found in SEO by Yoast, which is a WordPress plugin. So it required admins to click a malicious link, uh, which sort of made it less uh, dangerous. Uh, I guess you couldn't just hit a website with it, but um, it was patched quickly and uh, kind of a reminder that it's the plugins that really make WordPress so uh, dangerous and vulnerable. Um, Basically, WordPress is a CMS framework, which is pretty widely uh, available. And it is PHP, but it's been attacked and patched and audited so many times that WordPress core is fairly you know, secure uh, for a PHP app anyway. Um, but the plugins, people, the more popular a framework is, the more people who want to extend it. So. Uh, you know, people are always making plugins and they don't know anything about security. Um, basically, the plugins will incorporate input from uh, the site into the output of the site. And that's what gets you your your cross-site scripting. And of course, uh, passing stuff on in, in the form of SQL queries will get you the SQL injection. So um, again, if you run a WordPress site, you really got to make sure you're running as few plugins as possible and that uh, the ones that you do run, you have to keep updated and hopefully select them for security posture. But uh, like I said, for this one in SEO by Yoast, which has had multiple issues in the past, um, it was fixed pretty quickly and, and you just need to update it if you do have it. Um, <clears throat> attackers are targeting gamers for ransom ransomware. So there's a uh, piece of ransomware out there, a general one called uh, Veerlock, which is uh, pretty nasty. It locks the screen like a lot of them do, but it also infects files, um, basically encrypts them and you have to pay to get access. Um, it also, it's polymorphic, so it changes its, its uh, content and structure every time it runs to bypass AV. Uh, Tesla Crypt is a new one that's going after gamers, which seems, really smart because uh, gamers tend to be crazy about their games, right? You, you get ready to play a game, you sit down, you've got whatever, caffeine or alcohol, whatever you're gaming with, uh, or maybe a bunch of friends. And all of a sudden you find out you have this ransomware on there and it's asking you to pay some small amount of money, you know, five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever. And it's like, well, I can either go install somewhere else, buy a new computer, or just decide not to play, and maybe I'll just read a book instead. They're like, damn right, I'm paying that money. So if I were doing this, I would definitely be going after gamers because I, I think it's a lot like an addiction. They're likely to pay quickly um, and then worry about solving the problem later. Uh, the Hello Barbie doll, uh, I think it's fairly new doll came out. I'm not sure, but... Um, it's recording kids' voices and sending the recordings over the internet, kind of like that Samsung TV, for voice recognition. 
Um, and uh, so I've been doing a, a number of media interviews around IoT research. And people always ask, you know, what can you do about the fact that things in your house could be recording you? Like, what is what, what are you supposed to do to defend yourself? And uh, one of the things I like to say is just have an inventory, like have an audit of your home and know where cameras are. Know what is recording audio. Like if it's your TV, if it's your phone, if, if it's your computer, like what are the things that have microphones? That's step one. What are the things that have cameras or, you know, video capabilities? You know, that's step one to make a list of these things. Where are they in the home and what are they facing, right? Especially for cameras, obviously more than microphones, but you basically need to know worst case scenario and just assume the worst, right? Worst case scenario, what are these things able to pick up if they were in control? If your worst enemy had absolute full control over this hardware, what is the worst that could happen? And that's where you have to start from. That's the starting point. And then from there, what do you do? Are you putting tape over the thing? Are you taking the stuff out of your home altogether? Are you putting tape over the little camera on your laptop? Are you covering the camera that faces the inside of your house when you're not there? Um, or when you are there so that you can only use it when you're traveling and you want to see someone walking up to the door, or someone in the living room, or someone robbing you or whatever. But first step is you have to know what your exposure is in the worst case scenario. So that's one thing I bring up. Um, U.S. industrial systems are being uh, or were attacked 245 times between October 2013 and September 2014. So basically like a one year period last year. Uh, most attacks, this is a report that came out of the, from the government. I think CERT brought, put it out. Most attacks were against critical manufacturing and energy. Really cool or scary thing was that a lot of the attacks were against people who produce ICS systems. So this sorts of gets into the whole concept of uh, supply chain security, right? So, you know, if you're a highly secure organization and you're deploying hardware, you, you need to be asking the question, who built the, the chassis? Who put each component in, where'd you get the motherboard from? Where, where did the mics and everything come from? Um, and to some degree, this is kind of an impossible task, but if you have the resources, right, you, you should be looking at least at the, the most basic ones. Do we dig it a, did we get a whole portion of these components from China and from a known location that is likely to try and backdoor things? Or is it all US made? And I mean, even then it doesn't guarantee everything, but uh, it's something to think about, right? Where did you get the stuff that you're deploying? Because um, a lot of these attacks that they found were actually against the manufacturers that produce the components that go into these pieces of equipment. So that was interesting. Uh, another big portion was against energy companies, which is to be expected. And the biggest vectors were, um, one was unknown. So it was a pretty large percentage of the attacks were like 20 something percent were unknown, uh, which not quite sure what that meant in the scope of the uh, report. But uh, an another biggest one, I think after that, or maybe even bigger was spear phishing, uh, which is interesting. You just find someone like we all know, right? Working at the uh, 
these various companies, energy companies or manufacturers of ICS systems, and you just spearfish them, you know, use a set or whatever, and uh, send them something they click on, infect them with malware and gain the access that they have and try and expand from there. Um, and they also listed port scanning, network scanning, network probing as another attack vector. Um, not sure if that was just uh, mislabeled or if they were really confused about the difference between discovery and a true attack, but um, that's how they had it listed. So Cloudflare is aiming to defeat DDoS with virtual uh, DNS. Uh, so they basically want to have companies set them up as a proxy um, before going to their true DNS servers. So the idea is um, Cloudflare would be able to tell them um, that a particular source is uh, bad and it would prevent them from even querying their own DNS servers. So that that's pretty cool uh, if they can get adoption. And that seems to be one thing that Cloudflare is really good at is getting adoption. So be interesting to see how this plays out. They're basically saying that it's getting harder and harder to stop um, DDoS because the traffic looks more and more legitimate. And that's the reason they're going to this sort of alternative approach. Um, if the traffic looks identical to regular traffic and there's simply a lot of it, it gets really, really hard to filter for it. Um, and that's a definite cat and mouse game that changes you know, week to week, month to month. So it's not like you could just deploy a new filter and fix everything if the traffic looks legitimate. So trying to go this uh, DNS route, which I, I think they should have some way of identifying the, the dangerous uh, clients in that case. So the CIA supportedly, uh, reportedly has been trying to hack Apple hardware for a while. And um, this uh, article got a lot of attention, uh, a lot of attention. A lot of people said the article was completely stupid. Some people said, well, these attacks have existed forever. The attacks aren't that advanced. Other people said this came out, you know, years ago, has nothing to do with now. Um, other people said it's just everyone knows that the government is trying to gain access. It doesn't mean that they did. Uh, and this came out of Snowden stuff, by the way. So it is, you know, it's a snapshot from a long time ago. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they basically said they backdoored um, the government backdoored Xcode and was trying to distribute it, but no one knows if they actually did. Um, you know, the idea is if a developer used a backdoored um, Xcode, then they, you could have a, uh, a backdoor already built into any code produced with it. Um, but I, I think the overwhelming majority think that that probably did not happen and that these were just ideas being explored. Um, but really interesting to see this sort of backlash around this article. Um, Hillary Clinton's email account drama. Yeah, that's interesting one. Um, so basically Hillary Clinton came out or it was discovered and it looks like it was actually a senior staffer with the White House. Very uh, House of Cards like actually. So someone in Obama's senior staff basically leaked supposedly 
uh, according to information from like a day ago, that Hillary Clinton was not using official government email. She was actually using her own personal email, but it wasn't like Gmail or anything. It was actually an email server that Bill Clinton had used, um, supposedly set up and secured inside of a very secure location. But this is, you know, the defensive side of it saying this. Um, but like, what are they? What are they using? Like, I don't think she's qualified to say what is secure, what isn't. She's saying it hasn't been hacked. Like, again, is she qualified really to say that? Um, is she running Qmail? I mean, who sent up the thing? Like, how do we know it's secure? All sorts of questions there. But the biggest thing for me was like her response to it was just sort of irksome. Like she, uh, she was like, yeah, I mean, it was really nonchalant and sort of offensive. She's like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, should I have done the right thing? Probably. But it was just convenient not to. So I'm not sure what you guys are getting all freaked out about. Um, it, it came down to she didn't want to carry two devices. And, man, I, I just have to super agree with her. I would do almost anything not to carry two devices except for have super secret private conversations with heads of state for governments on planet earth that that's like the only thing I wouldn't do. Right. And she's like, yeah, just, it sucked to have a Blackberry and my personal phone. So I just brought it all together and, but don't worry, it was super secure. We did it with like some security guy set it up for us and it's all fine. So I'm not sure what you're worried about. I'm like, yeah, that's who I want to be president. Sounds awesome. Super transparent and no accountability whatsoever. Yeah. Just, all bad in multiple ways. Um, Open SSL is getting an audit. That sounds like a great idea. Next story. Uh, Wikimedia is suing the NSA over surveillance. Um, so the NSA has basically been in Wikimedia's Wikimedia. I think that that's not Wikimedia. It's um, the other folks, the people who have been doing the leaks. Um, Wikimedia, I think, is the Wikipedia group, but I um, have to fix that text. But basically, the group that's been doing all these leaks, which I can't remember the name of right now, um, they're getting harassed by the NSA, so they decided to go offensive and sue the NSA. So good luck with that. Um, spoofing the boss is the best way to fish someone, evidently. This makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you're using SET or any other sort of... Uh, phishing framework or even without a framework, I think people generally tend to respond to their bosses, right? They're watching emails, they're looking for them, you know, ready to do whatever work needs to be done. Um, and I think respond, you know, getting an email from them saying, hey, you know, your password's messed up or whatever the common technique is for uh, that sort of thing. Usually it's click a link, get this um, update, Make sure you follow this link. Make sure you fill out this form. Like the typical things that, that a boss would say to an employee, what are the overlaps with a vector that would lead to infection, which is usually follow this link, right? So follow the link, you end up on a website, you type in credentials, or just by going to the website, you know, you get compromised by a plugin or whatever version of browser you're using that's insecure. But interesting that 
the source is uh, really high quality if, if it's the boss. So a little bit of intelligence, basically find out who the person is, find out who they work for, and spoof that as a, as a source. I uh, had a great time at CactusCon. I uh, just went on Friday with uh, uh, buddy Jason, Jason Haddix. Uh, went down there and did a talk together on practical web testing. It was really cool. Also got to see Dave's uh, keynote, which was uh, also really cool. It was a basically talking about how, you know, we keep talking about APT and, and how, uh, let me see, he was like, Basically, everyone uh, has an out now when they get hacked. They basically hire Mandiant, um, which he didn't say by name, but he said started with an M. And he's like, everyone, just hire Mandiant. Get Mandiant to tell the world that you got hacked by an APT. <clears throat> and instead of saying, man, you're bad at security, they'll be like, oh, well, I guess there's nothing you could have done to prevent that. So now I feel sorry for you instead. In fact, more than feel sorry for you, I feel like you did a good job somehow by getting hacked by an APT because that's what it took to get you. And we all know that you can't stop APT. So he's like, yeah, this is dumb. He's like, when have we ever heard of one of these big breaches that didn't ultimately reduce to using password one as a password or not patching or just not having super basic stuff in place? Um, so he was like, the basics are the basics and they have been the basics since the basics were basics, right? Um, I'm not sure if that made any sense, just made it up. But so he's, he's saying that going back 5, 10, 20 years, what do you do? You patch, you have a basic firewall, you monitor. These weren't the ones he used. These are the ones I would use, but basics you do basics right that's all you need to do and you know you have nmap you have you know a scanner web inspect burp uh whatever you use um zap you've got some kind of web scanner that can find results for you and give you results then you do what's called um remedies remediation that's what it is remediation so you fix the things you find Crazy, you should do a talk on that. Um, you fix the things that you find that are broken. That's the one piece we're not doing. But you can find the things so easy, right? You can find open ports with Nmap. You can um, make a list of all the assets you have in Excel. You can run Nessus on and even a free version, right? So let's say it's not free. Let's say you have, you know, a, a corporate scanner that gives good results. So you have WebInspect and full disclosure, I work at HP. So that's the one I think about. Um, you have that and you have Nessus, um, which is a scanner I've always used. Um, used to use Foundstone as well. But so you have Nessus, you have WebInspect, um, you have Burp for some additional testing. You have... Uh, Nmap to find ports, you have Excel, let's get this security tool, Excel, to make a list of everything you have. Um, you've got a syslog server, or maybe you have a full sem, like, you know, uh, ArcSight or, or Splunk or whatever you want to use, right? Um, or even free versions of that. Um, you have free tools for monitoring, like Nagios. You put all these things together and you could build a program just doing the basics, capture things, monitor them, 
have a full list of your assets, know what's out there, and you don't have to worry about APT as much. Oh, patching, that's the other big one. You gotta be able to patch. Um, but most people are not patched. Most people don't know where their assets are. Most people are not fixing anything they find and they get hacked and they're like, man, that APT really got us. No, APT did not get you. What got you was not doing fundamental stuff, right? All right, enough on that one. Um, someone's looking to make a Snowden phone, uh, which I guess would be just like super secure IMs and and uh, text and phone calls. Sounds cool. Um, sounds also like something that will get 10% into an idea and not proceed. Um, oh, it looks like I'll be on the Security Weekly podcast with Paul Asadorian. So that's cool. Uh, Going to get on there and talk about uh, the IoT security top 10 project with OWASP uh, that I've been working on with a couple of, uh, couple of friends. Um, really cool project. And looking forward to uh, working with Paul on it. Paul has actually done a bunch of IoT stuff in the past and actually has a particular focus on firmware security and is uh, actually teaching a class on it at Black Hat, which I'm going to sort of help him promote as well. So if you're interested in firmware security and you're going to Black Hat, you might want to check out Paul S. Dorian's class on that, which uh, will be available both of the the training section. So the two early days and the two late days. So that's it for this episode. I hope it's been worth your time. You can find these headlines as well as more InfoSec, philosophy, and politics content at danielmiesler.com.